Hello and welcome once again to the Patriot Preacher Podcast. I'm Dan Fraley. I'm with the Mouth of Joe's Creek Church of Christ, and I want to welcome everyone who is tuning in to this podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcast and Spotify. We just looked at a lesson not too long ago about the conversion of the Ethiopian eunuch. We've seen how Philip had gone down and met up with the eunuch and converted him to Christianity. We've seen the pattern that was taken. Most importantly, we've seen the preacher, Philip, converting and or persuading and converting the eunuch to obey the gospel. At the end of that episode, we looked at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 9 through 11, and this is where we are going to be picking up again today in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and looking at the importance of persuading people, how people are persuaded. And once again, I'm with Brother Wesley Simons of the Tri-City School of Preaching. Wesley, how are you today? I'm doing great, Dan, and thanks for having me. So today, I'm just going to let, uh, I want to read this verse again, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 9 through 11, and then we will uh, talk about it with Wesley here. It says, Wherefore we labor, that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, and that every one may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are made manifest unto God, and I trust also are made manifest in your consciences. Wesley, there's a little bit to unwrap here. What do you have for us today? Oh, there's a lot of good truth here. You know, uh, it says, Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. I have people say to me from time to time, Wait a minute, Wesley. It sounds like you're trying to persuade me away from my current belief system. Well, if it's a wrong belief system, I sure am. See, we're in the persuading business. The Apostle Paul was. King Agrippa said, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Now, we're not going to make any bones about it. We're not trying to slip up on you on this broadcast. If you're not a Christian, we're trying to persuade you to be one. Absolutely. Because that's what God Almighty wants you to be. Well, then why in the world are y'all trying to persuade me to be a Christian? Well, this chapter tells us. And we're going to start with verse 1. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven. If so be, that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened, not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon, that mortality might be swallowed up of life. Now he that hath wrought us for this selfsame thing is God, who hath given unto us the earnest of the Spirit. Wesley, why are you and Dan trying to persuade men? Because this tabernacle is wearing out. We're growing older. You know, nearly every day, someone will say, did you hear about so-and-so? 
they had a heart attack and died. Is that right? You see, you can expect, according to the psalmist, about 70, 80 years. And then you fly away, as the psalmist says. So then we're running out of time. Friend, you're closer to your death than you have ever been. I'm closer to my death than I have ever been. You're closer to the judgment than you have ever been. I'm closer to the judgment than I have ever been. So in view of the fact, Dan, that this old body is wearing out, and we're all going to die, it's appointed unto man once to die, and we got to make a decision before that death to serve the Lord, that's why we're in the persuading business. Absolutely, and this is not the only chapter that alludes to this, even though this is a very important topic throughout the chapter. The reason why we're persuading men is to prepare people for the next life. Now, I want to uh, quote real quick a couple of the references that Wesley made to the verses. I'm going to Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27 first because this tells us, Hebrews chapter 9 verse 27 says, And it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. And there are multiple scriptures going all the way back to the Old Testament when I think about Job 14.1, a man born of woman is but few days and full of trouble. But I want to read a passage here out of James if, if I can find it, if I can find the book of James first. I have my Bible in front of me for those who cannot see what we're doing right now on the podcast. Uh, yes, there is one law lawgiver, and that is, of course, Jesus. But I'm looking for the verse. Um, maybe you can help me, Wesley. What verse am I looking for that deals with the brevity of life? What is your life? It is even as a vapor. Oh, it's in chapter 4 or 5. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's in 4, if I can just see it yeah. here. Uh, the, yeah, the, the idea here is submitting yourselves, therefore, to God. We persuade people to do that. Verse 14 of James chapter 4 says, Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanish away. And so, and then it says, For ye ought to say, If the Lord will, we shall live. But I want you to go back and put into context what Wesley is saying here compared to this trial period that we have here going on in our lives, this period that we have on earth that is going to decide our eternity. Wesley, is that right? That's exactly right. Look at verse 6. Therefore, we are always confident. Now, we want to persuade men that they can be confident, knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we're absent from the Lord. We want to persuade people so that when they lay down at night, they can know, hey, I, right now, I'm at home in this body. But man, if I take that last breath, I'll be present with the Lord. That's why we're in the persuading business. We want people to have the confidence of knowing there's something greater than this life. And that which is greater is that mansion over the hilltop. You know, we often sing that song, I've got a mansion just over the hilltop, based on John 14, 1, 2, 3. And so in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, 
And if I go to prepare a place for you, I'll come again to receive you unto myself to where I am. There you may be also. Friends, have you got that confidence? If you're not a child of God, you don't have that confidence. So Dan and I are trying to persuade you so you can have that confidence. We're trying to, we're trying to persuade you to be distinct. And that means really set apart is, is the idea that I'm trying to get to. You see, in this world right now, it is very easy to not be distinct. It's very easy to set your mind on the things of this world, on the materialistic things. It's very easy to get caught up in division, in denominationalism, in going to places that basically tell you all only what you want to hear. Now, the ex- exhortation to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 3, it says, As I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus, when I went into Macedonia, that thou mightst charge the son that they teach no other doctrine, uh, nor give heed nor give heed to fables and endless genealogies. And when I come over here to Timothy's last letter, it tells us why. It says, Preach the word, be instant, in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. We are trying to get people to endure sound doctrine, to stay faithful, to be faithful, to learn what the doctrine is. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Basically, in the last days and the days that we're living in now, this is what people do. They, they heap to themselves false teachers having itching ears. They, they heap to themselves teachers that will tell them what they want to hear. You know, I want to glorify the Lord by playing my guitar. So if you tell me that instruments of music are, and I'm just using this as an example, are sinful during the worship, well, I don't want to hear that. I'm going to go somewhere else, somewhere where they tell me and they applaud me for doing something that is against the will of God. And so here we have in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Wesley, the exhortation to, to be persuaded to do what God would have us do. That's right, and that's the next verse to a large degree. Verse 7, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Oh, we have the atheist, like the cosmonauts in Russia saying, oh, we went into outer space, and we didn't see God. Well, God was all around them through the wonderful things that he had created. You know, uh, the heavens declare the glory of God, the firmament showeth his handiwork. Psalm 19, verse number 1. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Psalm 14, verse number 1. And I want you to notice that we walk by faith. That's not a blind faith or a leap in the dark, but a faith based upon evidence. And the evidence says there's a God. The evidence says the Bible is his word. And the evidence says that we must do what that word says. Now, we have people walk strictly by sight. If I can't see it, I don't believe it. Well, have you ever seen your soul? Have you ever seen your heart? You believe you got a heart? Yes. Will you believe you got a brain? Have you ever seen it? You see, there's a lot of things we take by faith, but based on evidence. And so we certainly believe and know there's a God in heaven. 
We believe and know that we can go there if we do what God says. Why? Because we have been persuaded, and we're trying to persuade you that we must walk by faith and not by sight. Yeah, while you were speaking once again, I, I, I thought of Psalm chapter 139, why do we persuade people, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord? Listen to some of the attributes concerning God. It says, he says, for, for there is not a word in my tongue, Psalm 139 and verse 4, it says, but lo, O Lord, you know it all together. You have beset me behind and before, that means he is there, behind and before, and laid thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain to it. Whither shall I go from the Spirit, or whither shall I flee from thy presence? Does that sound like something, I hope it sounds like something that persuade us to follow this one divine being, the authoritative being that is everywhere, knows everything, and wants us to be, Wesley, what he wants us to be. Exactly. Verse number 8, watch it. We're competent. There's that word again. But watch how it switched a little bit. I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Now, wait a minute. You mean to tell me, Wesley, if it comes down to it, I ought to develop the kind of faith that if necessary, I'm willing to be absent from the body in order to be present with the Lord, that's right. So if somebody threatens me, you die or denounce the Lord, that we're supposed to die rather than denounce that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? That's right. See, notice, we're confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. See, you're going to win. What are you going to be thinking about, friends, when you're on your deathbed? Are you going to be thinking about, in a few moments, a few seconds, whatever the case might be, this old body will be laid aside, but I'll be present with the Lord. Did you have that confidence? If you don't, that's why Dan and I are trying to persuade you. Yeah, that's exactly right. And calling back, uh, reminding me of so many instances in my own life where I had been beside those deathbeds. And I read a, a couple of passages one time of atheists who had died and that had gone on before. And, and, and really what this book was is it was a book of, of some of their, and, and I, can't, I believe we've talked about this before, uh, but it was some of the quotes right. that, that they had before they crossed over in, in the reason why we persuade people to follow the Lord is mainly because, well, one of the biggest reasons is fear. I was reading those passages and the fear that came upon them because they were outside of the body of Christ, talking about the flames that were engulfing them and talking about the blindness that had beset them. Folks, you don't have to be terrified if you have the confidence, as verse 8 says, willing to be uh, willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. The fear of that is just not there. We, we can have that confidence and hope of eternal life. One atheist cried out, Oh God, if there be a God, save my soul. If I have a soul from hell, if there be a hell. 
You don't want to die that way. You don't want to die that way because there's no certainty. There's no confidence. And really, at that point, what can anyone do? Now, we bring these points up because it's not, it's well, as to kind of quote Isaiah 59 and verse 1 and 2, it's, it's not that God's hand is short that it cannot save or is ear heavy that it will not hear, but the Bible makes it clear. Our sins have separated between us and God that he will not hear. And so since that is the case, and God has given us the opportunity through his son Jesus Christ to be to be saved, to be saved from that eternal torment and the doubt that that people live in today or, or you know, you made an inter- interesting comment out here before we went on about well, do you think we could, you know, when he was presenting the card, well, do you think we could sell some of these? Well, uh, Brother Wesley said, no, I don't I don't think we can because today people are just not afraid of hell like they should be. That's exactly right. And so if you don't understand what you're up against, how can you be afraid of it? That's it. Look at verse 9. Wherefore we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. Why are we trying to persuade men that they might be accepted of God? Friends, I've had a lot of wonderful things said about me through life, and I know you have too. But the greatest that I'll ever have said about me is well done. Thou good and faithful servant, enter into the joys of my Father, which were prepared for you from the foundation of the world. See, we want to be accepted with him. Are you accepted with him? If you're not accepted with him, that's why Dan and I are trying to persuade you, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord. We persuade men. So, Dan, that's why we're doing it. Absolutely. And So when I read passages, and I want to go back a little bit to kind of touch on this, Ezekiel 18 of, of, what, he, of what Wesley just said, talking about the dangers of, of hell and why we persuade and why it is so important to have said to us, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Ezekiel 18, verse 21 says, But if the wicked will turn from all his sins that he hath committed and all my st- uh, all he hath committed and keep all my statutes and do that which is lawful and right, he shall surely live. He shall not die. He says, all his transgressions. Now, this is key. We want to have said to us, well done, thy good and faithful servant. The last thing we want to have said unto us out of Matthew chapter 7 is, Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. On that day of judgment, all his transgressions that he hath committed, who? The wicked one that turned from his sin and started keeping all the statutes of God. It says, They shall not be mentioned unto him. In his righteousness that he hath done, he shall live. So when we face God, and you can read the rest of that because the opposite is true of those who turn away from righteousness and live wickedness. So what are we to do today? 2 Corinthians was written to folks who were Christians. This context here is in the context of we are persuading people to live the way God wants us to live. When we read... Uh, we must all appear before the judgment seat to answer in the body according to what he has done, whether it be good or bad. Remember this, and I'll turn it back over to Wesley and give him the final word on this in just a moment, but remember Ezekiel chapter 18 when it says, 
all the wickedness that we had done, if we repent of that, if we don't do those things, if we follow, keep the laws and statutes, they won't even be mentioned to us on the day of judgment, Wesley. That's exactly right. Now, Dan read verse 10. This is another reason we're trying to persuade you. There's a judgment day coming where you are, you are going to answer for what you've done or not done. So am I. For we must all, all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Payday is coming, and you and I better stand there having obeyed the gospel of Christ. If not, we're going to be lost. And that's followed by verse 11. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. The Bible says, behold the goodness and the terror of the Lord. We got to realize there's a good side and a fair side and a judgment side to our Lord, and we better be persuaded before judgment day comes. Yeah, if you ever notice, if, you, if you've ever been to court, to a court of law, you'll see a, a statue. You'll see a statue of a, blind, of a woman, I don't want to say a blind woman, but a woman that is standing there and she has a blindfold on and it's supposed to represent justice. And, and in her hand, what she is holding is scales. And the scales are, are being tipped in the balance, right? Well, if we are successful in our persuasion of men, so to say. The balances of those who we are persuaded will not even be in question because the Bible says that God won't even mention the things that we have done that are wicked to us on that day of judgment. This is why we persuade men, folks. We want people to obey the gospel. We want people to live for Christ. You're listening to the Patriot Preacher Podcast I'm Dan Fraley, and I'm with the Mouth of Joe's Creek Church of Christ. My address is 5230. Uh, the church's address is 5230 State Highway 194 West, Pikeville, Kentucky, 41501. You can reach out to me at 423-707-4178, and I'll give Wesley the last word here. Uh, Wesley, how can they get a hold of you if they want to talk to you? Well, they can call the school here. In uh, Tri-City School of Preaching, or call our radio program. Uh, the radio program's phone number is 423-512-9226. We would both love to hear from you and discuss the things that we're talking about. God bless you guys, and have a good day.